All right, welcome back, everybody, to Wooden Baked Pizza. Um, this episode's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're going to do Austin's testimony today. I know last time that we said we were going to be doing an interview, um, but due to uh, people being out of town and people going random places and just uh, our hectic schedules as college students, we were unable to make that happen. But we will hopefully, not definitely, have that next week. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening to last week. Um, thanks for, you know, just interacting with the Instagram and all the social media. Um, thank you for signing up for remind one Oh one. The information for that is on Instagram right now. Um, so if you go to that, you can see how to sign up. It's one of the highlights for the stories. And then, uh, today's episode will be interviewing Austin, um, kind of as, as a testimony interview where we'll just be walking through what his life was. Prior to becoming a Christian, uh, what it was like becoming a Christian, and then after that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Austin. Firstly, Josh is not with us. Oh yeah. We didn't establish yeah. that earlier. Josh is going on many family trips and stuff, so today it is just Candler and I, which we just finished recording a nice little special. Nice little special. Uh, probably you guys would have already heard it by this point, but... If you had not, it's probably going to go on our Instagram. Yeah, it'll be on the Instagram. So a little, little just, you know, a little song. Yeah. So, just because it's just, just the two of us. If you've been on the Instagram for very long, you know that we did something in the past like that. Um, I can't promise that this is much higher quality, but... Um, Come got, at it with low expectations, yes. but high expectation of joy that humor. can come out of it. Yeah, humor. Um. Yeah. Oh, and another big update. Uh, we got a new audio interface, so we can run all of the microphones through uh, one interface, so we won't have all of the issues and the pain that came with editing and recording that we had prior. Um, if you remember listening to the first episode, kind of sounds terrible. Um, and that was because I was basically, imagine you're trying to get two elephants that don't like each other to walk like beside each other down the road yeah down the road and like the road isn't wide enough for both of them so like and they're also very cheap elephants yeah and they're cheap elephants and they hated each other that's what it was like editing the first episode mm. so now we have one like leopard and your dad gave yes. us some microphones so yeah. hopefully this sounds a lot better and yeah. or if not a lot just a little bit better so yeah the microphones were actually given to me my by my father who uh is a worship leader at a church i've mentioned that in the past um, and so like a lot of the, the, the reason that the editing has also just sounded better is because my father has helped me out a little bit with how to do that stuff. So shout out to my dad, I guess. Thanks, Padre. Thanks, dad. Pops. I never called him that. I didn't like calling him that then. So moving on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, for Austin, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and start grilling him. Um, grill me. Grill I'm ready. Him. How old are you? So I am 21. I'm about to turn 22 in July, which makes me feel just really old. Ancient. Not yeah. the ancient of days, but ancient. It's really crazy thinking I'm going to be 22, especially with this upcoming year. We're going to be seniors in college. That just hasn't fully sunk in yet. Yeah. Um, I guess for the viewers who don't know Austin, um, the big thing he did when he turned 21 was he got extremely high. 
Um, yeah, I did. I got incredibly yeah, high, probably higher than anyone else. I've never met anybody who's gotten this high other than maybe my dad. Yeah, and um, then we jumped out of a that. plane. I mean, yeah. In that order, I guess it, that is accurate. <laughs> we got high, then we jumped out of plane. Yeah, yeah, because me and Josh and my girlfriend Katie and some of Josh's family went skydiving. <laughs> yeah, they turned twenty-one. They said, "You know what? Um, we're 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 kind of done living. Um, so you know, if we die here, cool. Yeah, we just let Jesus take the wheel yeah. on that one, or the or the cords, I guess. But here we are, and it was a great time. Recommend if anyone hasn't gone skydiving and you have that on your bucket list, I'd recommend it. Contrary to popular belief, it is one of the safest things you can do because you are strapped to a professional who does it all the time. This does not, I mean, like with that, the guy that I jumped out with actually, never mind, never mind. you can cut that out. Yeah. You can cut that out. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, it is one of the safest things you can do because you're strapped to a professional who does it all the time. And even on the website that we signed up for skydiving, it said like statistic that you're most you're more likely to get struck by lightning than you are to die from skydiving. So it was really cool. Would recommend it. It's kind of expensive, but if you can afford it, yeah, I still wouldn't do it. Even though I'm more likely to die in a car, um, <laughs> way higher likely I, to die in a car. I did stand there, however, and I took some pictures and uh, got to flex with my camera that zooms in a hundred times, and I I could see them very far away with it. But yeah, so I am about to turn twenty two. Yeah. Okay. So, um, how many siblings do you have? I have a twin brother. Okay. Kind of, kind of hit on that a little bit in the first episode, but old Tyler, Ty guy, um, he's my lovely brother back at home. I am his older brother by one minute, but I, I claim to it every year on our birthday. I'm like, Tyler, I remember when I was your age and he just always gives me the same face of disapproval, but it's okay. I love him. Um, so I'm I'm kind of leading up, you know, asking Austin questions that are like about his life. Um, next question: Who are your parents? So my mom, okay, um, is Heather Woodall. Heather. Well, now she's Heather Theme. So my stepdad is David, um, and they're both amazing parents. They take care of me very well. Um, what does David do? David works for a construction company as a foreman. Um, he's super knowledgeable about construction. Does a great job with it. He's been in construction for several years in the house that he currently lives in with my mom. He built himself, which is, like, really impressive. It's a really good-looking house. Yeah, it is It is very nice. I, I went there one time, and uh, the one time I've met his stepfather at, at their house was the time I got exposed to COVID Yeah, by his yep. stepfather. Yeah, we didn't know this, but right after we left, <laughs> me and Josh and Candler, we visited my parents for a short period of time, like, for, like, a couple hours the next day, my mom was like, yeah, so David's got COVID. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I've dodged it like seven times now, so we're good, though. I think you're immune. Now I've got the vaccine. Oh, so yeah, you did get vaccinated. Immune, so I got I it all. about that. All right, so um, I guess the next question would be, um, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I grew up in North Georgia, so Habersham County, uh, but basically everyone in Augusta, I tell near helen like the german community city area Where that's super tubing yeah lazy tubing and big touristy area but it, it's it's like 30 minutes from helen so northeast georgia lots of mountains lots of mountains it's really pretty though it's very far away 
you don't have a very good signal when you're there either. Yeah, it's like a two and a half hour drive from Augusta, yeah. and it's not a direct route. Yeah. But I, I love it. I went home earlier this week, and uh, I miss it a little bit. But after living in like a city for a while, I just there's so much more to do. Oh yeah, and oh, I yeah. just feel really spoiled now that I live like five minutes away from a Walmart. Was not used to. You that. could walk to the cookout. That's true. I could get get some quesadillas. I'll let you do possibly that. Possibly get jumped, but it. I will say it does come with the compromise that it is a lot more dangerous. Yeah. Um, but so you grew up in North Georgia. Um, Georgia is part of the quote Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume that means you grew up going to church. Yeah. So growing up, my mom and my dad always took us to church. Um, our lovely neighborhood. You can hear a car driving down the road. But yeah, so growing up, uh, I was always involved at Lovell Grove Baptist Church in northeast Georgia. Um, my family would attend on Sundays. Both of my parents were involved in the choir. Um, my dad was a deacon. And so we were always, I mean, even, I don't remember a time in my life when I wasn't going to church. And so, yeah, definitely, that was always a big part of my life. So just out of curiosity, when you went to church, was it one of those uh, the situations where your parents forced you to go? Or was it like, well, you know, that's where Jesus is, so I want to go there. Yeah, so it's an interesting question. Yeah, so it was um, most likely starting off was not forced. Middle school time and later elementary school and early high school felt kind of forced. Puberty. Yeah, it was kind of like... I enjoyed going just because it had always been something to check off a list Mm -hmm. and I would just say hi to my friends who were like in the youth group. But if my parents accidentally slept in, I wasn't going to (laughs) complain, which is shameful to to say, but I mean, that's really how it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, we'll talk about this later, but like for me personally, I remember when I was in school, it was very double life. Is that kind of how it was for you going to school being one way and then going to church and being a different way. So I would say that I was always like a quote unquote good kid. I never like hung out with the sketchy people. I never smoked cigarettes behind the target. You know, I was, I mean, it kind of (laughs) is very specific. I don't know. It wasn't like a double life, but I definitely had different friends at school than when I went to church. Different standards of how you would uh, portray yourself. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, not like complete total two face, but a little bit different. Definitely you know? things you would say at school that you would definitely would not say not at say church. church. Yeah. yeah. But typically, I mean, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, if I'm to be honest, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when was the first time that you kind of thought um, maybe that the double standard shouldn't be a double? Like maybe it should just be the way that you are, period. Like that should be the standard. That didn't occur until college. Okay. When I really started to take my faith seriously. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, that that kind of ties into whenever I was young, be you know, growing up in church, I was exposed to the gospel. I was exposed to the Bible um, very early on. Always went to vacation Bible school, um, went to Sunday school, and just kind of looking at the example that my parents set, I was always involved in that. And so... Through that, when I was in about the fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, um, at VBS, I gave my life to Christ. Um, It kind of was interesting because it coincided with my brother. At the same time, he gave his life to Christ. And so 
like that next Sunday following a VBS, me and him walked down the aisle together and to our pastor and was like, hey, we want to get baptized, which is, I know it's a cliche twin thing that we did at the same time, but it's just, it worked out just as quickly. Yeah, it worked out that way. And so, um, yeah, so being around that, that's how I encountered Christ beforehand and then was saved. Very cool. So when you, you said, what grade was that? Fifth? It was like fourth, fourth Fourth, grade, fourth, fifth grade. Um, when do you think that that like actually began to make a change in your life at that point? Or do you think that was something later? And if so, like when? I, I definitely, I know I said that later in college was when the big switch was, Mm -hmm. but there definitely was a switch whenever I was a kid. I mean, I, I was, I would feel convicted whenever I would like do bad things. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit comes in convicts you when you're sinning. Um, there definitely was that, but it just, because I think because I'd been around it for so long, it became, I don't know if the right word is like numb to me, like you were Christian stuff. Yeah. I was complacent. I, I thought that because I went to church for so long, um, I didn't need anything else to continue to grow. I was also not shown how to read the Bible. Mm. And so not only did I think I knew everything and grew in my pride, but I also didn't know how to read the Bible besides, I mean, people would just always be like, make sure you read your Bible. And I'm like, okay. And so then at night I would just like open it up and I'd be like, okay, Leviticus, don't build a fence on your roof. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Jesus. And I closed the book. I didn't know how to read the Bible. I really didn't. Isn't there a place in Habersham that has goats on a roof and they have them fenced in? Yeah, so that is North Georgia, and that is a uh, like a little side highway attraction called Goats on the Roof. They actually they have do have then. goats on the roof, and there are fences wow, lining the top of it. Yeah, laws being broken. That I know. The sinful oh. fall of man, right? <laughs> so, um, going back, when you said this is something I thought of, like sure. not something I'd planned, um, but when you were talking about like when you stopped wanting to go to church, and you said later elementary school. Um, would that align around fourth or fifth grade for you? Just something I was thinking about of how, like, the, you you sure. said it nonchalantly, but it was almost like a it coincided with around the same time that you got saved. I think it was more so after that. After that, kind of like middle school is when after. I started to get like really involved in like I think around that time is when I got my Wii, and uh, so that was kind of the, the opener. Wii. Yeah, middle school was the opener when I was awkward. I didn't know what I was doing. And then video games became a big part of my life. So that greatly decreased my ability to socialize on top of the already awkwardness that it was. And so with that, I, that was the main idol of my life was video games. The Wii. If I'm just being, the Wii was the gateway drug. That thing was so much fun. The gateway drug. It really was. Hey kid, you it, want some Wii? Here, play Wii Sports. <laughs> it's not addictive, I promise. It's a lifestyle. But... Yeah, so I would say that that became the idol of my life, um, and so with that, I prioritized when can I get back on the Wii, when can I get back on the computer and play a game, rather than going to this thing that I've always been going to. I don't. I see that I'm saved in Christ, and he died for my sins, I understand that, and I'm grateful, but I was so prideful that I didn't think I needed to continue to grow, and I was good. So that's how it kind of went together, yeah. So you said in middle school, it was like your awkward phase at the beginning. Oh, it's horrible. I don't think it's awkward. I don't think you can consider yourself awkward because I think everyone was awkward. Oh, and I was awkward. Um, 
I, I, sixth grade, this is kind of funny because I guess part of the testimony is telling funny stories. Sixth grade, I hated jeans, so I only wore sweatpants. And it wasn't even like the slick ones, it was the baggy ones that were made out of that material that collects a lot of static electricity. So I'd walk around with a lot of hairs on me. And it may, because I'm kind of OCD, it bothered me. So I remember sitting in class pulling off hairs. I don't know why I just shared that, but that's just, that's what happened, man. That was sixth grade. Right. I, I was just watching YouTube all the time, playing video games, wearing sweatpants, being awkward. And it was just this big thing that pushed me toward not taking my faith seriously. Well, later I'm going to have to post something after this gets posted. So when you listen to this, make sure you post something about how you're awkward as well. So Austin doesn't continue feeling bad about being awkward in middle school. <laughs> I feel school. terrible. <laughs> it was also at that time when, um, so this is a little funny tidbit about me and my girlfriend, Katie. We actually went to pre-K together and then we went to elementary school together and she became homeschooled and she came back to public school in sixth grade and she was in the band with me. And that's when I started to have a crush on her. It was in the sixth grade. So you're awkward wearing sweatpants. I also didn't like shampoo. So my hair was greasy. <laughs> Normally when guys start liking girls, they like go out of their way to like make sure that they're self-improving yourself. But it I thought like I was you were just wrecking your life. I thought I was improving myself <laughs> in my limited perspective. You and said, my hair was super long too. It looked like a bowl. Yeah. I, I do was remember this. those pictures. Yep. Austin yep. said the Bible says not to gamble, so I'm going to make sure I have no chance. That's exactly right. That's All right. exactly right. So middle school was super awkward, um, but you were saved in like fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade around there. Yeah. Um, how was high school in terms of like development in mm. your Christian life? Because I know for a lot of people, that's kind of when everything, all the bad stuff in life kind of gets introduced if it's not already introduced in middle school or earlier. So high school... Um, I think I spent a lot of my time with the people that were in the band or I started doing cross country and track. Uh, I started doing cross country in sixth grade. So a lot of the time in my, um, middle school and high school was hanging out with the people that were on the cross country team or in the band and then kind of like the middle people in between. Cause while I'm not like super extroverted, I'm still friendly and so I always had, like, people I knew, even because, like, we had classes together in, like, the fourth grade. So, like, I knew these people, and we all went to the same place. Um, you went to a smaller school system, right? No, my class was 417. Okay, so smaller. I guess. There's only one high school in the entire county, ah, which was big. Cause but was our again. elementary school and middle schools were smaller because there were several of them. Gotcha. But the high school was really big because everyone in the county went to it. Gotcha, because when I went to high school there's a very high likelihood you would not go to the school with anyone from your first elementary school. So that's so, how it's because everyone yeah. went to the same high school. I think we had, we had two, but I think we also had like an alternative school and a lot of people would leave and go to other places because they didn't want to. Well, people at your school were dying at like fourth grade. It was because they were shanking grade. each other. That was not fourth grade. <laughs> that happened right. one it was, time. It in, was third grade. That happened one time in, I think it was ninth grade. What was your question? I asked how high school was for you. Oh, oops. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's who I was hanging out with. In high school, I had maybe four friends who were actually Christian. Looking back, they were Christian, 
Everyone else was that cultural Christianity of saying that they were Christian, but they just went to church and that was it. Because yeah, everyone in Georgia is a Christian. Yeah, we honestly. <laughs> so that's where I was in high school. I really, if you would have interacted with me, you would have seen that I was a nice guy, but that would have been the only fruit of my life. It would have just been that. You wouldn't have seen me talking about God um, or anything like that. It was just, I mean, I was nice to everybody. I never had any enemies except for my one ex-girlfriend, but. Um, <laughs> Sound like Post Malone now. Oh, geez. <laughs> but I mean, like, I really never had any enemies. I was never angry with anybody. I was friends with everyone, but that was it. I mean, I was known to be the funny guy. I always made fun of people. Because I wanted to be like the class clown, so I wouldn't have enemies, you know? So instead, I just made everybody laugh instead of being serious all the time. Nice. So that's where I was in high school. You wouldn't have known I was a Christian, really. Yeah. So out of high school, uh, this is the time that you said earlier when you kind of actually started, I guess, making a change or like accepting a change in your life. Um, But into college, that's when like you started doing that. College was the main the main yeah. thing that happened. What do you think? Or I guess not what do you think, but like what happened that pushed you in that direction? Or like what aspect of um, Christianity did you like understand that kind of pushed you that way? In high school or college? College. So in college, um, the main first thing was Josh being my roommate. The pizza? Yep, Josh DePisa being my roommate. Pizza? Yep. Nice. Um, he's not here so that he can be embarrassed. But that's really the main first thing was me living with him was definitely a gift from God because he was definitely more of a mature believer. He was the most mature believer that I have ever had as like a best friend at that time. He would I would just see him at night with his lamp on, on his bed, reading his Bible. And I would just be laying there and I'm like, what's he reading? What's he doing? And even at that time I was, I was still cussing, like I was still cursing and everything, but Josh never cussed and he never told me not to, but over time I just, I felt bad doing it. And even then, even, even when I was in high school, I kind of got numb to it and I would just do it just cause my friends were, I never loved it. But, you know, you kind of get into the ropes of doing this certain thing. But when I came to college and I was living with Josh, he never did. And so over time, I just stopped because I felt convicted being around him. And so that's when I really started to question my faith. I was still dating a girl out of high school, and um, I thought that she was uh, a believer. But she really wasn't. We were going in two different directions in our life. Um, but I didn't see it until I came to college and started being around Josh and even you as well. Um, me and then when not the not the listener, <laughs> yeah, being around Candler as well. Um, and then when Jesse came into college, oh, that shook to, everything up. Oh, that shook everything up. He was the first guy to like intentionally ask me about what I'm doing in my life. Like I call myself a Christian. He's like, all right, let's put that to the test. I'd be riding in the car with me, but like, what have you been reading in the Bible lately? And I hadn't, and so I was like, "Uh, yeah, Jesse can know if you if you lie." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and something he also said was like a way that he knows how people are doing, or like the guys that he's pouring into that he's mentoring is like, what do those guys not mention? What do they not talk about? And so, 
I wouldn't talk about what I'm reading in the Bible because I wasn't, and he knew that. And so over time, he kept chipping at me, and I also saw by his example what it means to be a mature believer. So not only was he convicting me on my lack of faith, but also he was setting the example of how to follow. It reminds me of like Paul and Timothy, right? Paul was bringing Timothy along him, showing him how to be a believer, how to be a Christian. And through that, Timothy was able to grow and start leading his own church. It's really just discipleship. And I had never been discipled before. And so that's when it really started to kick in. And that's when I took my faith seriously. And I also, from the years going back to the very beginning of being in church this entire time, I just continually grew in my pride, thinking that I didn't need anything. I didn't, God already accepted him, but that's it. Like, I'm done. I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to pray. I don't need to really have a community at church because I'm good. I know everything in the Bible. But once I became around a serious believer who was living out his faith and seeking after Christ, then I saw my own weaknesses. So going forward, um, a question that, you know, I'm, I'm planning to ask Austin. Um, I, I already kind of know the answer, so it's it's a very targeted question. Go but for it. I'm going to ask, you know, other people as well, just because I think it's a good question. Um, what is probably, I would say, what is one event that, um, wh- how, I'm thinking of how to t- word it. What's an event in your life that you would say knocked you on your butt and made you have to turn to God? Mm. Probably the main thing that occurred in my life was um, around the summer between seventh to eighth grade. Um, my dad started over time feeling headaches and pressure on his head. And one day he was at a car dealership and he passed out in the office. I didn't know this at the time, but this is what happened. And so my mom took him to the hospital and they had an MRI done and he had a brain tumor. And so my mom called me and my brother and said that uh, my dad was going to have emergency brain surgery and we didn't know what was going on. We were middle schoolers. I was I actually remember I was playing Skyrim at the time. <laughs> He's this, still playing it. So I, yeah, nothing changed. But I was playing that at the time on my Xbox and I was like, "Oh. Okay." And so um he had surgery and it was all it was fully successful. They got as much of the tumor out as they could. And so uh, I was in the waiting room and I had waited. We were we were there until like two or three in the morning, and finally, the doctor came out and said it was successful. I'm gonna restate the whole the whole thing. Okay. <clears throat> um, get a little closer to the mic. Okay. So at the time, um, my mom took my dad to the hospital, and he had to have emergency brain surgery. And I was in middle school, uh, 7th to 8th grade, and so I was playing a video game at the time, and I got this call from my mom, uh, and she told me and my brother that my dad was going to need to have emergency brain surgery, and so we didn't know what was going on. My grandma drove down, because she lives in Tennessee, she drove down, and she picked me and my brother up and took us to the hospital, and we were in the waiting room because we didn't we didn't know what was going on. We just all of a sudden knew that my dad needed to have surgery. And around two or three in the morning, after waiting, the doctor came out, said it was fully successful. Um, they got as much out as they could, and now my dad's in the recovery. 
and that we would have to come by and see him tomorrow. So we drove back home, went to bed, and the next day my grandma drove us back to the hospital and my dad was in the ICU, but he was awake and he was talking with us. And it, it was something that uh, I had never seen my dad in that position before. He was always really health, healthy. He never had any surgery done, but he just had, uh, they had to shave his hair. And so he was bald for the first time. I'd never see him bald. And he had the suture going down his head. So um, that was kind of hard for me to see him go through that. And after two days, he was able to come home. He was fully discharged from brain surgery, which is incredible. And, you know, if you think about that, like they opened his head and took something out. And the two days later, he was able to go home. Uh, so when he did come home, uh, my mom and my dad and me and my brother, we all, he sat us all down and he said that while the surgery was fully successful, there's this thing called cancer. And they're suspecting that this might be cancer, which is uncontrolled cell growth. And so um, they said that if that does happen, that he'll have to start undergoing treatment. And that's all I knew at the time. I was in middle school. I didn't know what the heck all this stuff was. And um, he told he told us that no matter what happens to give God the glory. He didn't complain. He said, this is what it is. And he said, I'm just going to trust in God. So after that, um, two weeks later or so, um, we got a call from the doctor and he said that my dad did have brain cancer. It was called glioblastoma, which is a, uh, at the time his cancer was at stage four, which means it's the highest aggressive and it had metastasized. Well, I say all these things now because I'm a biology major, but it means it had spread to different areas um, of the body. And so um, he had to start undergoing chemotherapy and radiation, which chemo is all these drugs that he has to take. And then radiation is, yeah, and then radiation is uh, taking radiation and zapping certain spots to kill cells. So he had to start undergoing that. But the closest facility for that was in Atlanta at Emory. So my mom drove my dad four or five times a week, two hours one way, for my dad to get this treatment. And my dad worked a full-time job, and he decided he wanted to continue being a Sunday school teacher and a deacon and involved in the choir. It's pretty and, intense. Yeah, and so seeing, seeing my parents undergo this, it was just it just rocked my world, right? I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what was going on the entire time. And honestly, because of all that I talked about before, me not growing in my faith and being kind of complacent where I was, I was at that time starting to become really bitter. I was starting to get angry at God. You know, I'm like my dad, is, I've been going to church all my life and especially my dad, and he hasn't done anything wrong. Why the heck is this happening? And so that little thought started festering in my mind over time. And I was just really prideful and angry. Um, and so over the span of a year, my dad was continuing to undergo treatment. Um, that next summer, he had to have another brain surgery because the, the cancer came back, um, which was fully successful. And, you know, by God's grace, he hadn't shown any symptoms besides him just being bald and having like uh, nausea and vomiting from side effects from the drugs. But I mean... From having brain cancer, it never changed his personality. He didn't have any any psychological issues or any physical issues just besides those side effects from the drugs. And I think that was 
I mean, looking back, that's completely God's provision. It was a total blessing because you know how vulnerable of a place the brain is. It could have changed anything, right? But he wasn't. He was totally able to keep working a full-time job. And I also found out later that he started having a Bible study with some of his friends because he wanted to help them grow in their faith. He was going off. Yeah, he was. And he never stopped working. Um, And so he was providing for the family, and I just... Oh, such a hard time for me, um, seeing him go through all that. But he didn't have any side effects, and over time, it just kind of became a part of life. I just didn't think about it. I think I compartmentalized it. But at the same time, after school every day, I was just expecting my mom to tell me something else happened to my dad. I had this fear all the time that whenever she would pick me up from practice, that she'd be like, oh, dad's back in the hospital, we have to go, or something happened. They didn't tell me how long he was expected to live. I just knew he was fighting this cancer that was super aggressive. So about the time, this this was a continual process. Um, as we're entering high school, um, going into the 10th grade, my dad did start to have some side effects. He became numb and paralyzed on the left side of his body progressively over time. He started losing sight in his left eye, started losing feeling in his left hand and his left leg. And so uh, that's when it really started to hit me because my dad was always super independent, always this this guy who's like a man. He could do anything. He could do everything. But he became over time limited by his body. And so like I was there's multiple times when I would be, you know, in the basement and he'd be walking past me and he would hit something with his left leg. And he wouldn't know that he hit it, but then he'd start to fall. And he was way bigger than I was. So I'd try to catch him, but I, I couldn't, and he would end up falling. And i have to try to help him get up, but I couldn't because I was so small and I felt so useless. And then there were several times where he'd be driving and he would almost hit somebody because he couldn't see out of his left eye that well over time. And yeah, so eventually, um, toward the beginning of sophomore year of high school, he became um, bound to a wheelchair um, he wasn't able to walk anymore. Um, he had fallen several times because he just couldn't feel his leg. He had to like, whenever he was getting in a car, he had to pick up his leg and bring it into mm. the car because he just, he couldn't move it anymore. Yeah. Um, and he had to make sure that his, <laughs> he had to make sure his arm was on his lap because he couldn't pick it up and move it or else it would just dangle and it would hit stuff. And he would just make jokes. He'd be like, no, there goes my arm again. I'm like, dad, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> which I know we're laughing about yeah. it now, but it was, I mean, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Out of, out of all of this, if I'm just totally honest, he never complained. Hmm. He stayed busy and he just kept talking about God. And it just, I just con- constantly felt convicted. And I think because of his faithfulness, that's what kind of pushed back this bitterness that I had against God. If he would have not have had this serious faith in seeking after Christ, I don't think I would be where I am today. Yeah. I would not be a believer. And or and or I would be because, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved. And I was saved at a young age. I think I would be continually bitter and I would just be in this hard place in my life, just continually questioning God. That's where I would be. I wouldn't be unsaved because I believe that I was saved at a young age, but I was never discipled and I never grew. And so this perpetual cycle of baby Christian the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. While undergoing this. So I think that that's where I would be at today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a mature believer. I wouldn't even be in the medical field. 
because that is really how my dad handled all this and seeing all the med- medical professionals. That's how I wanted to go into the medical field. Gotcha. So I wouldn't be at this university. I wouldn't have met Jesse. I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met Josh. We wouldn't be doing the podcast. I would still be a baby believer. That's just angry all the time. But because my dad was faithful and sought after Christ and poured into not only my family, but also his friends in the body of Christ, that's where I am today. So kind of finishing up this question, um, my dad then um, started to really go downhill. All the side effects were just hitting him too hard. And then one day I was at school and I got called out and I went home and my dad was not awake. He was in a coma and fluid had started to fill his lungs and it had just been too much. And so it was in October of my sophomore year, my dad passed away. And that was when I really hit rock bottom. It was really hard for me. I was hitting all these questions, but I kept thinking about how he handled it, where what brought him to that. And it was just such a weird place in my life. Yeah. Um, right after that happened, a couple of weeks later, the associate pastor of my church, his name is Michael Gossett. He's a, a pastor at a church in Texas now. But um, he invited my brother and I to join a Bible study with him. And through that, someone actually showing me God's word and what it says and how to study it, I was just, he, God, the Holy Spirit just convicted me that, you know, I need not to think about all that my dad did and all that he lived for showing just how true God is, how much love Christ has. And my dad displayed that in his life. He was, he was a light in the darkness, even in face of dealing these difficulties. And so I just felt convicted and I just fell to my knees one day and I, I just repented for all the anger that I had built up and how much you know, just how selfish I was and how prideful I was. And so through that Bible study, that kind of brought me back. And then I was like, man, I do do want to go into the medical field and I want to impact people like my dad did and how the medical team impacted my family. And so then I came to Augusta. And so, yeah, it goes into how I came into where I am now. Let me say one last thing. Um, For anyone who is going through any difficulty in life, any health issues, or anything, I would just encourage you to not grow bitter at God, but to seek Him for the mercy that He's done for you if you are a believer. And if you aren't, then I would love to talk to you about what you're going through or any difficulty that you might be facing and just share the love of Christ because He truly has changed my life. And through my own blindness and bitterness, I wasn't able to see that. But through opening His Word and reading about who God is, that is what brought me back to him and what has changed my life to what it is today. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you giving your testimony. I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, let it be done there. I think that was a really good place to end it. Um, so now that we're done with the testimony section, um, we're going to have Austin go into a time of prayer um, to just kind of close us out, and then we'll do some um, things to end it. Let's pray. Now speak, Lord, and I will hear. Now call, Lord, and I will answer. Now command me, impose on me what you will, and I will submit. None but the Lord, none but Christ, no other Lord nor lover. I am yours, Lord, your own. 
do with your own, demand of your own, whatever you please. What will you have me be, Lord? What will you have me do? This is what I will do and be. No longer what I will, but your will be done. Amen. All right. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you follow us on the Instagram. It's just at Wooden Baked Pizza. Um, just to stay updated on everything. And so you can hear the special stuff we post throughout the week. Um, DM us any questions or thoughts. We also have the website, which is woodenbakedpizza.simplecast.com. It should be in the show notes for this podcast. Um, so you can click on it there or click on it through the Instagram in the bio. Um, that lets you have access to all our resources and links. Um, there's also a link that lets you submit questions and topics that you'd like us to talk about. Um, it could be anything. Uh, just let us know if you want a shout out. There's a button to do that and just give us your name through that. Um, you can also support us through Patreon um, or PayPal. We have that as an option too if you want. Um, but everything that we have right now for the podcast is uh, we were not given for free. Um, so it does cost money and we pay a subscription uh, just to be able to post everything. Uh, make sure that it's out available so that you can listen to it anywhere. Um, if you listen to music on Google Podcasts or if you listen to something weird that I've never heard of, it'll be there too. Um, so all the money goes to the podcast. And then after that, if we have leftovers, it'll go straight to the BCM for mission trips. Um, remember to sign up for the Remind 101. You can find out how to do that on the Instagram. It's a highlight. Um, and we'll, we will not spam your text messages. All we're going to do is remind you when the episodes are coming out. We definitely won't. We definitely will not. Although we may send you something special every once in a while, but it won't be bad. So make sure you tune in next week, um, and we will more than likely have an interview uh, with a person that is a surprise. And that is definitely not because we're not sure yet. Um, but as we always do, we've got a fun question that was submitted by an anonymous listener. Uh, it's not always anonymous, but for some reason this time it was. I guess they were ashamed. And based on the question, <laughs> it looks like they should have been. Um, the question for us is, if you could live in any TV show or movie, which one and why? Whoever submitted it, you should not be ashamed. I don't know why Cam said that. You should be that ashamed you sh that you were ashamed. Oh, that you wanted to be yeah, shouted you out? you wanted to be anonymous. Know that I love you, and I'm glad you submitted this question. You are loved, but you should still be ashamed. <laughs> be proud of yourself and who you are and who you submitted All right, it. Austin, what TV show or movie would you be in? I think I've thought about this one a lot. I absolutely love Star Wars. And there are so many times in my life where I thought, man, if I could just use the force, that would be so nice. Like even laying in bed at night and turning off the light switch, I'd be like, man, that's awesome. Or even I've thought about this one a lot. When you go to the arcade and you know those games where you put in a token and it like pushes them, like there's the continual pushing ones. If you could use the force, you could knock them all over. Or when you you're know? in the bathroom and you forgot to get like a new roll of toilet paper and it's like around the hall, you could just use the force to bring it to you. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're in like a public bathroom and there aren't yeah. any leftover toilet. There's you're like no there. toilet paper left. You're yeah. like, bro, what do I do? It's like, oh, time to use the t-shirt. Yeah, that and also. Don't do that, though. I and, had a kid do that one time. and It was disgusting. <laughs> and lightsabers are just super cool. Yeah. And so I would love to do that. I think I would definitely be on the dark side just because there's so much more freedom. Mm. You can do so many more things except for oh, oh, like following this specific code, you know. Mm. It's not scripture, so it's not so holy. You would, so you'd follow the dark side for the freedom of the powers that you would be given. However, if you look at the Jedi, 
one of their things is the fact that they are powerful enough that they do not need to use the powers that are granted to them that are strictly for inflicting pain, like force chokes and electricity. Yeah, because they're really cool. Oh, okay. And yeah, Jedi's are just so limited. Bringing back people to life, the reason they didn't do that, I looked it up because I was like, why the heck don't they do this? They have to drain the life from other people to do it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, that's why I would say, yeah, I'd be on the dark side. It's just I so much think, more freedom, and I think there's so much flaw in the Jedi's. I will there say there flaw. are flaws in the Jedi. That's right. Um, but you can thank Yoda for that. Um, Thanks, Yoda. He, I have done too much Googling, but Yoda's the reason. Yeah, that... su- suppress that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, I think, oh man, I don't know what I, I don't want to be in WandaVision because that stuff's whack. Um, Which is the Marvel Universe? Yeah, I wouldn't want to do the Marvel Universe. It's just aliens pop up out of nowhere and freaking wreck entire cities. That I don't want that. You just be existing one moment and dead the next. Um, but I think I would want to do, what's a good TV show? I can't think of one that wouldn't just mean that there's a possibility of me just instantly dying out of nowhere. I don't, I don't. Friends? Nah, cause there's too much drama in that thing. You'd be dying on the inside. I'd be dying constantly. <laughs> they drink, I do like the fact that they drink coffee a lot. They have a Chemex in there. There apartment. you go. I like that. But maybe, I can't think, see, either there's too much drama or people just like get killed very easily. Um, I would say, good luck, Charlie. That is not what I was expecting at all. Look, and good luck, Charlie. Do you want to be Charlie? Is that what you want to be? I mean, that wouldn't be bad. I mean, think about it. If you were Charlie, you've got two loving parents. And then like, I don't know how many siblings that she had, but she had like three it's, loving siblings. Isn't the main girl named yeah. Bridget? No, that's her real name. Oh, shoot. Bridget you're right. Yes, you're right. Yeah. It's her, and then they have a brother. Boy Meets World. That's the TV show I'd want to be in. Not a Good Look Charlie? No, I'm changing it to Boy Meets World. Oh, man. Good Look Charlie's Stipanga. so good, though. I haven't ever seen Boy Meets World. Oh, Austin. I'm sorry. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. Um, make sure you listen next week, and have a good week, homies.